My name is Christina Carmona. Hi, my name is Mireya Christina Benner. My name is Joaquin Ortega. My name is Leticia Cohn. Hi, I'm Carly. I'm Kevin Lai. I'm, I'm an ambassador and I'm from Pakistan. My name is Tanya and I'm from Philly. From East Los Angeles, California. From Phoenix, Arizona. My name is Dara Baba. And we are from Israel. Corpus Christi, Texas. I'm of Mexican descent. I'm Chinese and I'm Vietnamese. I'm mostly Norwegian, but a little bit of everything else. Hispanic. South Asian, mixed with Finnish, mixed with uh, Native American, Samoan, all different types of things. We are all connected. We are all connected. We are all connected. 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 We, are we are all connected. connected. We are all one. We are all one. One planet, one race, one consciousness. And I am one person taking one action to get us closer to peace one day. Closer, closer, closer to peace one day. To peace one day. Who will you make peace with today? Who will you? Who will you? Who will you make? Who will you make peace with today? Who will you make a peace with today? Hey, it's Bobby Bones. So honored to be with you today, hosting this very special episode of Spit in celebration of Peace Day. We're live from the daytime stage at the iHeartRadio Music Festival, and what you just heard were concert goers lending their voices for peace. Peace Day is where we put our differences aside and let the power of music bring us together. Because when we realize that genetically we're all 99.5% the same and focus on what connects us, we get one step closer to peace one day. We have gathered the most peaceful people we know to join us as we tackle the question, what does it take to make peace? First off is Peace One Day Ambassador, artist, uh, guy I got to know a little bit, Mike Posner. Good to see you, buddy. What up, though? You, you got your beard? What's yeah. That? Is that, I, full, full on. How long did it take to grow that thing? Maybe like eight, nine months. It's very peaceful. It's and like, counting. It's like you're at one. It's still growing it's, it's as cur- we speak. It's currently. So Posner, Mike Posner's here. Peace One Day founder, Jeremy Gill. Jeremy, how are you? Good, Jeremy Yeah, Gilly? good, Bobby. Yeah, it's great to be here, man. Yeah, good to see you. I heard a lot of great things about you. I was walking up, and they were like, you're going to love Jeremy. He's like the best dude. So <laughs> yeah. no pressure, but they like, yeah. Jeremy's the best dude. Well, no, there are a lovely bunch of people doing a great job to raise awareness of Peace Day. We're really grateful. And uh, Tim Phillips, founder of Beyond Conflict, a nonprofit organization that works with leaders to address conflict and promote social change. And so uh, this is a heavy room. Like, Tim? It's a pleasure, man. It's I'm, a pleasure. I'm with three awesome people here. I don't even deserve to be in this room right now. This is crazy. <laughs> so on today's episode, what we're talking about, like for real, is what does it take to make peace? And I'll say this, that, you know, we as humans are genetically 99.5% the same. Meaning if you go into our DNA, for as different as we, it seems that we are, we look on TV or the internet, it's like, well, or we look around, everybody's so different. In reality, if you're just using data, we are 99.5% the absolute same. Meaning, there's only 0.5% of us that separates every human on the planet, which is pretty awesome to know that we're in this thing together. And I think that's also why we're here, is because we really are in this together. Peace Day is about reminding us how much we have in common. Um, Jeremy, I want to come to you. Can you tell us a bit about your vision when creating Peace Day, Peace One Day? Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you know, 19 years ago, I was concerned and uh, confused about what was going on in the world. You know, I couldn't understand the destruction and the starvation and the killing of innocent people, what we were doing to our planet and each other in our homes, communities, schools and places of work. And so I thought, you know, I'll make a film about peace. And then I realized there was no day of peace with a fixed calendar date. And so I had this idea that I'd make a documentary about trying to establish the first ever day of ceasefire and nonviolence, the first ever peace day with a fixed calendar date, in a hope that that would bring us together and out of that unity would come hope and a belief that, you know, you know, by working together, we can, you know, make a real difference and lift the level of consciousness around the fundamental issues. 
that humanity faces. And after years of traveling, the world voted for the day. The 21st of September is now Peace Day, celebrated by iHeart and uh, you know, 23andMe last night. And when we, once we created that day, we then wanted to prove it could work, and that took us into Afghanistan. Wow. And we spent a couple of years trying to negotiate a ceasefire there, which eventually happened. The Taliban agreed to uh, not kill or kidnap on that day, and that allowed us to mobilize around 10,000 vaccinators with UNICEF and WHO and, and vaccinate 1.4 million children uh, against polio as a consequence of that. And then the last few years have been about telling the people about the day. And that's why, you know, what Mike did and what you guys are doing, what 23andMe and what, you know, iHeart have done in terms of raising awareness of, of the day is a wonderful thing. So we're really grateful. Tell me about Afghanistan. Like, that's got to be nuts, right? You're going into a place that super volatile and you're going in and you're, you're going, hey, I have this idea. I need to negotiate with you. Like, is that scary for you as a human being? Well, no, I mean, I think that, you know, when you climb the mountain, you know, you, you focus on each grip, you know, you're not really looking at the, you know, the top, you're not thinking about that, you're just kind of like focused on, on every moment. And, uh, and that's what we did. And I had a lot of help from uh, Unama and NATO, ISAF, you know, Karzai, uh, the British government, and, and many other parties, including, you know, obviously local people that were key and central to the success of it. So, you know, you, you, you don't really roll like that. It's like you guys, when you get on stage, you know, I saw you on stage last night. I mean, you got up there in front of, I don't know, millions of people. But nobody, nobody was trying to shoot me. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Like you're in Afghanistan. Like that's, that's brave. Like you, like you have this noble thought and this bravery inside of you, which is why you're here. Like it's rare for someone to have an idea. You say 19 years ago? Is that what you said? Yeah, on the road 19 years now. Yeah. 19 years, you're chasing this idea, this grandiose idea, this beautiful idea, and you're putting yourself in situations that aren't comfortable to make sure that this idea is achieved. What inside of you do you think it is that pushes that? Why, why, why do you keep going after 19 years? Well, I think that why, you know, the, the numbers, like, so what's going to happen? Yesterday, there would have been about a billion people now fully aware. There would have been around 18 million, 19 million people who changed their behavior yesterday. So that's a decrease of violence of around 18, 19 million people. And that's what fires me up. The idea that, you know, on a day like this, people are mobilizing, they're changing their behavior in the home, the community, the school, and in places of work. And that just blows my mind that, to think that a child wouldn't be bullied in the classroom as a consequence of them being involved in a peaceful activity is what this is all about. What's fascinating is around 5%, 6% of the conflict that will happen today will happen in an area of conflict. The bulk of violence is in our homes, community schools, and places of work. And what fires me up is that when we generate awareness of this day, then that creates opportunities for people to engage in the peace process, and that decreases violence and, and creates a happier world. So, you know, that's what Come keeps on. you going, right? You know, it's I awesome. I love that. Come on. That's crazy. And, you know, we go back and, you know, we, I, I talk about 23andMe, and, and you talk about peace in, in our homes. You know, I say Afghanistan, but then you make a great point, like in our homes, like that's where it all starts for us. You know, we could have this peace in our homes and take it out into the world and kind of and spread the seed, but we are so much the same as people. I'm inspired right now just talking to you. Come on now. I would, uh, Mike, I'm going to talk to you. Mike Posner sitting right next to me. He's right to my right. Uh, so how'd, how'd you get involved? Like we're sitting here, we've sat beside each other in other situations, but how'd uh -huh. you get involved in this? Well, it's for me, it started when I heard the story of Christmas Day, 1914, the middle of World War I, uh, trench warfare, you know, rats, poisonous gas, the, the Germans are on one side, French and British are on the other. In the middle is no man's land. That's where that term comes from, the First World War. And uh, on Christmas Day, against orders, right, uh, the soldiers decide we're not fighting. And... In some parts of the line, they exchange gifts. In other parts of the line, they actually play games of soccer yeah. with each other. Sides that should be fighting Correct. with each other. Correct. Wow. wow. 
And I heard this and I just, I mean, still talking about it, the hair stands up on my arms. And I just thought to myself, if they could, if they could do that that day, then we all could do that for one day. And then that's when I found out myself about that there was a day dedicated to this, that a bunch of people were, you know, already practicing peace on this day. But not everyone, not everyone knew about it. I didn't know about it until I started looking. So I just wanted to um, help spread awareness. And that's when, yeah, we, we connected with Jeremy and then connected with iHeart and 23andMe. Dude, what a story. I had no idea. Yeah. Like, you're telling me that. You're talking about two sides that are fighting war with each other, like trying to kill each other for a cause, but because of Christmas Day, a peace day for them at the time. That they were able to go, hey, let's just let's just set it aside for a second. Yeah, it's it's like a glimpse of what is possible. Yeah, I, I feel. And um, if you if you really think about it, we're evolved to to really care and love about a hundred people. Like we 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 lived in tribes, you know, the human species. And through evolution and and uh, believing in in ideas and concepts, we you look at the concept of a nation where you might give your life for someone that you never met a million miles away, you know, across the country. So we've come a long way, right, in that we kind of, we can see someone, hey, that, that person is American, they're like me. So there's only a, a, like, not that big of a step to just see everyone like that. Am I making sense? Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. And I wonder, as you're, as you're talking about this, and your creation, because you're constantly creating things, sounds, words, music. Like how does this that's inside of you influence your music? Well, for me, I think that the outside world is a reflection of our collective inner world. Right? So if you got anger and hatred inside you, it gets reflected in in what the world looks like, you know? And so I was try always trying to purify, meditate my butt off. I've been spending some time uh, at some monasteries and yeah I saw that didn't you go do like a bunch of days I did 12 days in solitude you know and just just with myself and you start to observe your own mind and you see how wild it is and how negative it is sometimes and hateful it is sometimes and you start to disidentify from it you say this is just my my brain muscle talking it's not me and uh to answer your question, I just want to create more from more from that place. Not my brain talking, yammering in my mouth. More from that place of of connectedness. Love it. So inspired, right? Look at you guys. Tim, I want to talk to you for a second over there. And so Tim, I'm sitting at the table. Tim's on the other side of the table. Tim's a tall, good-looking fella. How tall are you? Uh, six four. Yeah, too tall. Too tall. Too tall. <laughs> As a conflict resolution expert, that's your official. That's what you are, right? Like that's. I'm not messing that up because that's a cool name. Like, that's a, yeah. Kind of. Conflict resolution expert or somebody seeking to get it. Okay. How do you even, how is that even the thing that you go, hey, I can do this? Like, I just wonder, you go, I can resolve conflict. Like, how did you start in that area of, of, of your career or your, your heart, like where you want to fix things? Well, I was listening to what Mike and uh, Jeremy had to say, and it really resonated with what I've observed over 25 years. Um, when I started it, I didn't start with this idea of becoming a conflict resolution person. I just sort of thought, the world is pretty screwed up, and you see a lot of conflict emerging. This is around the end of the Cold War. Uh, so on one hand, it was positive with the end of the Cold War, but also the Balkans and other countries are falling apart. 
And I often say, being the youngest child of a large family, I have a problem with authority. And I remember going to Eastern Europe and the region thinking, why don't these people get together with people who themselves had been through conflicts or transitions from dictatorship to democracy? It was Argentina and Chile and Spain after Franco. So with this very simple notion that there is a shared human experience, that if you bring people together to see that others have struggled through change and come out the other side, that that could be really valuable. And so that's what began the journey. And when I started, there really was no field of conflict resolution. And frankly, you know, the conflict is inherent in society. So it's really about how do you manage coexistence. And, um, and so we've worked in 75 countries. Wow. And one of the, the most important things I've learned, starting from a friend in Central America, he said all conflict is fundamentally driven by exclusion. You know, when you don't feel safe in the world, you really can't engage in the world. Um, and then more recently, we've started working with brain and behavioral scientists because they're sitting in these labs and these silos with profound knowledge of what it is to be human. You know, and it, I was mentioning to somebody yesterday that it even shows, which is interesting tied to 23andMe, is that the same part of our brain that experiences trauma can't differentiate between physical and emotional trauma. So we experience uh, humiliation and exclusion as physical pain in our brains. So when you start unpacking that, you start to see how much all of this really connects. This reminds me of, of some experiences I had meditating at the monastery. You feel anger come up. And, for, and if you really track it, I would have a, a thought first. And then... You're absolutely right. You experience, I mean, anger is a real thing in your body. For me, I feel in my left leg, I feel hot, right? And it's a, it's a physical thing. It's not real to anyone else, but it's real to you, you know? Jeremy, let me ask you this. How do we facilitate making people feel like they belong? Well, I think it's really interesting what you were talking about in terms of humiliation and exclusion because absolutely right. When you're humiliated and you're excluded, then, of course, you've got no other option, right, to, to fight your way out of it if that's the, the position you've been put in. And what a tragedy that is for those who are in that situation, especially young kids in schools, right? And that's, uh, you know, a real focus for us in terms of Peace Day. Um, so, I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an, an interesting, uh, you know, situation we, we face. And, uh, you know, we've got to do all we can to raise awareness of Peace Day you know, manifest action on the day and get people involved. Tim, what do you, uh, what do you think is holding us back from the peace that we're trying to create? Like what, what's the first boulder in the road that we can move? We have this instinct to try to ascribe others' intentions and who they are in the world, right? To try to feel safe. What we all want is to be seen, is to be, see, under, be understood and validated as we see ourselves in the world. And I don't mean this in any sort of like kumbaya way. You know, science is now confirming that. Right? As one scientist said to me who got me interested in science, he said, you know, we're not these rational beings with emotions. At our core, we're emotionally based beings who can only think rationally when we feel that our identities are understood and valued in the world. And with that as a starting point, I mean, I've just seen that at every level of conflict and transformation around the world, and I see it in our country now. And I think, you know, we have to recognize what fundamentally drives human nature is to be seen and validated and feel safe. We're wired for survival. Um, our brains, it's really amazing, our brains evolved to be predictive and not reactive. We're constantly predicting our environment, which is, where do I fit in? Do I fit in? And when you don't fit in, you feel like you don't belong. 
So belonging is a fundamental biological need that humans have. And I think we'll begin to achieve peace when we recognize that that's what we all want and that's what the others around us want. So with 23andMe, I've, I've done it. And, you know, you start to see your genetic, genetic makeup and, you know, the things that you can learn about yourself to help, you know, even uh, your things you're predisposed to even. And so whenever I say that we're 99.5% the same as everyone else, Mike, what do you think about that number, and what does that say to you in that we kind of are the same and we can do the same thing? The first thing I think about when, when you asked me that question was a few years ago and a few albums ago, I thought that my brand of sadness and suffering was unique. I thought, man, I feel crummy sometimes, and no one understands that. My sadness is very special. It's a special strand of sadness. But <laughs> it's really not. We all know what it's like to feel lonely, to feel rejected, to feel alone, to feel not seen. And um, that in itself, you know, is a uniting factor for me. So I, I don't think I answered your question 100% directly, but that's where I went with it. Well, what I think that even I took from you saying that is that, you know, the uniting factor is that, like, we kind of already are united. We just don't even know it yet. Like, we're the same. We just have been told we're not. We've been shown that we're not, but we haven't been shown enough that we are the same. You know, and listening to, you know, t listen to you guys talk about that, it's, it's an education. Yeah. You know, we, we're not educated yet on, on really our similarities, on how we love the same, on, uh, and how he, Mike's just talking about how he doesn't have this, unique brand of sadness we all have the same sadness we just don't share it with each other so we don't know you know we don't have the education of happiness empathy and so we feel alone when we're not i feel the same sad that you feel yeah but i feel so alone because i don't know that you feel that and i right. love that's what you guys are out here doing I, you know it's an education you know with you know jeremy I'll, I'll come back over to you like as you're here and you're working with iHeartRadio and 23andme like when you leave here what would be like a good takeaway for someone like myself and even for you to leave with people that are, that are here? Well, I think it's really interesting that we talked about unity and we talked about education. And, you know, education, I think, is absolutely key to humanity's survival. I think if we want to live in a peaceful and sustainable world, then we've got to give the tools to young people to be able to resolve those issues in a really fundamental way. I mean, how can you expect it to all change if we haven't given the skills to young people to be able to do that, right? I mean, so, so I think that the 21st of September is an incredible opportunity for unity. And as I said earlier, out of that comes hope and a belief that we can climb the mountain together. When we're one, there's strength in that. And out of that strength comes all kinds of incredible ideas that really can lift the level of consciousness around the fundamental issues. So my takeaway from this is that it's amazing how music, you know, can drive awareness of something and that awareness manifests action, you know, and I'm just really excited that, you know, Mike reaching out to me and that beautiful poem that he wrote and those amazing artists and iHeart and 23andMe have just told an awful lot of people about the 21st of September. And I think that, you know, by working together, you know, we can create peace one day. So, I, you know, I would say to everyone, you know, bring the family together. We want peace every day, not just one day. So, you know, tomorrow, just think about bringing the family together. Who have you fallen out with? You know, get, let's get together. We, we change the quality of our relationships and our families. And that's absolutely everything. And if we're doing that all over the world, then nobody will be excluded. And that's real peacemaking. Peace and change and a better world is in our hands. It's not in the hands of governments. Mike, I'm going to ask you this before we, we jump. Tell us what you're doing with iHeartRadio and 23andMe during the festival here for Peace Day. Like, you, you're here. 
Like specifically, like what have you been doing? Well, uh, I wrote a poem. I read it. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a poem that you and a bunch of amazing artists, uh, man, Mariah Carey, Carrie Underwood, Carey, Sam yeah. Smith, Logic, I mean, the list goes on. Also, all read a line of. They played this, a video of this, spliced it up during the, during the festival, and they're going to put it out online. Um, so, yeah, that was just our, my little way of creating a piece of art for the, for the day. That's cool, man. I loved it. I read it, loved Thank it. We moved by it. I Thank watched you. Carrie's. Yeah, <laughs> when she texted it over to me. So that's cool. All right, let's just take a second and talk about what you guys are doing individually. Tim, I'll start with you. Like, what, you know, what's happening right now with you that, that, that you like to share? Maybe people will hear this and be inspired, or maybe they, they can go and be educated on something you're involved in right now? Well, you know, just picking up on what uh, Jeremy was saying and what you were both saying earlier, you know, we have a project in the United States now called Preempting Racism. Turns out, and this is what's great about working with brain scientists, uh, children from birth to three don't show any racial preference, white and black. Around six months, children recognize difference, but they don't make a preference. So we have to teach children to either be racist or to be X, Y, and Z, depending on context. And what we're doing is looking at, okay, what are those things that could literally create the conditions in the brain where children can see difference but not make a preference based on social construction? You know, stereotype is really mm. what drives it. And so I think the more we focus on children and recognize we actually have a capacity to shape their brains to, you know, there's, there's a lot of shit out there in the world. There's a lot of stuff, there's a cognitive ecosystem that's shutting us down, saying you can't be this, you can't be that. Well, we can actually flip that and put a cognitive ecosystem out there that says subtly and not so subtly, you can be whatever you want to be. And that actually works. And that's really powerful. The science is showing it works. It changes. Jeremy, I'll ask you the same thing. Oh, man, I love that. You can be whatever you want to be, man. It's just totally right, isn't it? It's just yeah. fucking, what an awesome, wonderful thought that is. So, yeah, what am I doing? I mean, we, we're planning the 20-year celebration. So it's been 123 countries, 19 years on the road, and we got our 20-year celebration on the 21st of September next year. So, you know, a lot of preparations for that, and that would be really exciting. We're also creating some educa new education materials. You know, we've got education resources at the moment being used in 130 countries, and we want to expand on that. We want to embrace the, the global goals, the great goals, that the world's face in terms of creating materials around those which we're doing um, we also want to do a load of work in Japan where I've just been recently and and then we've done we created some technology I've been working with some technology companies for the last year and a half and we're just creating an, a new application a new profiling system which is all about impact and values to really inspire and engage people and uh, to say look let's look at a human being not just for their qualifications but let, let's look at them for the rich kaleidoscope of beauty of color that they actually are and that's all about their values and their impact and let's look at people for that as much as how intelligent they are so you know that's something that we've been working on for a long time and i look forward to delivering it and uh and hopefully uh, working with iheart and 23 and me and mike again in the future because this has been a, such a trip and i just want to take this opportunity to thank everybody bobby and you for you know letting me be here today oh, are you kidding this is awesome mike let's talk about your project for a second let's talk about music let's talk about let's talk about what you got out there in the world yeah i got a new record coming out in january and uh I just put the first single out it's called song about you yeah Good so, man. So <laughs> we were just talking before. I'm just getting ready to ride the roller coaster again. You know. You feel good? I feel good. I feel honestly a little scared because you know you do you do waves of this, right? You know, I'll go, I'll go, you know, to the monastery or to a meditation retreat, and I've really been spending the last two years writing, you know, and and recording, 
and then uh, you start to see it come out in the world and you start to see that success coming your way and it's a good problem to have but it's a little scary honestly yeah. Yeah. starting to get more busy that's <laughs> the thing. you know about that's that the thing. you know well listen uh, all you guys Mike Jeremy Tim like I think I've taken away something from this just sitting with you guys like me it's too. really been a pleasure for me to like look at you guys in the eyeballs and see how invested you guys are in just making the world like 1% better like at a time you know, you talk about climbing the mountain, each grip, you yeah, know, it's man. about 1% better. Like, that's how I live my life. I don't try to get 80% better. I try to do it 1% at a time. And those 1% start to add up. Before you know it, 1% 7%. 7% all of a sudden you're like, man, I've actually made a difference in me, which made a difference in somebody else. Yeah. So, I like, I'm inspired by you guys. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm appreciative that you guys are, are sitting here with me. Uh, for everyone listening, commit to peace with us. Share acts of peace using the hashtag PeaceDay. And check out Mike, Mariah Carey, Carrie Underwood, Sam Smith, Jared Leto, Logic, Nick Jonas, myself, my buddy Ryan Seacrest, and so many more sharing a special message. Uh, it, it's a message of peace. Just go to iHeartRadio.com slash Peace Day. So thank you guys. I really appreciate it. We're going to wrap thank it up. You, but I, I feel like, you, man, you guys crushed it, and I'm ready to go make some <laughs> peace right now. Are you kidding me? Woo! All right. All right, uh, man. Th- thank you, guys. Thank thanks you. to 23andMe. Thanks to iHeartRadio. Yes. And thanks to you guys. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Thanks. We have this amazing recording studio in the middle of the daytime stage at the iHeartRadio Music Festival, and we asked attendees to share their messages of peace with us. But what we got was so much more. Take a listen and get inspired to spread your own peace today. We are all connected. We are all connected. We are all connected. We are all connected. connected. We are all connected. We are all one. We are all one. One planet. One race. One consciousness. And I am one person taking one action to get us closer to peace one day. Closer. Closer. Closer to peace one day. To peace one day. Who will you make peace with today? Who will you, who will you, who will you, make, who peace will you make peace with today? Is there someone you would like to make peace with? I myself would like to make peace with my stepfather. I'd really like to make peace with my half-brother. We got in a really big fight and our shared DNA could really bring us back together. The one person that I want to make peace with, it's uh, my mom, because I was not so good lately. So, love you, mom. I hope to forgive myself today. I battle every day with uh, the struggle of thinking that I'm not doing enough, and I hope one day that I can forgive myself and be proud of everything that I've overcome and how far I've come since my battle with cancer. Your fellow man is fighting something, no matter what way, shape, or form it is, they're fighting something deep down and they need your help. Just be more forgiving and give people the benefit of a doubt and do your best to help people when you can. We're all 99.5% genetically alike. As cliche as it is, uh, it's love. Love is the only thing that can bring us that extra 0.5% together. Whether that's a smile or a wave or a simple hello, to someone who's a different race, different ethnicity, different age, anything. Humanity can just look at love and not look at hatred and what separates us and could just look at love and connectivity and stop judging other people and just control ourselves. Because the only people that we can control, the only happiness that we can control is ourselves. So just be happy and love everyone else. Learning one new thing about someone else could curb so much ignorance and fear and hatred from the world and bring us all together. And I know at the end, one day, we can achieve world peace together. Want to dig in more on today's topics and guests? 
check our show notes. And if you enjoyed the episode, share it with a friend, all your friends, and be sure to leave us a review. If you want to hear more surprising stories about how we're all related, search and follow Spit on iHeartRadio or subscribe whenever you listen to podcasts. Spit is an iHeartRadio podcast with 23andMe. I'm Bobby Bones. Thank you for listening.